Hello and welcome to The Appetite, a podcast brought to you by Opal Food and Body Wisdom. I'm your host, Carter Umhal, a therapist, artist, and writer. The Appetite is all about issues of food, body, sport, and mental health. And today I've got all three of Opal's co-founders, Lexi, Julie, and Kara, and they are here to talk about what it means to be a normal eater. We talk a lot on the podcast about how to maybe even understand ways that you've been engaging food that maybe is a more disordered or coming from more of a diet culture. But once you get rid of that mentality, how do you think about attuned eating without necessarily a roadmap that was there before? So this idea was actually inspired by a book idea that Julie had. So Julie, will you tell us where this idea came from and and what it was about? Sure. Yeah. So prior to Opal, I was in private practice. And so just regularly seeing clients throughout the week, you know, full time. And I think in that, just continually feeling the limitation of clients not having a vision for what was beyond not being disordered. So it was like, okay, so I'm not doing the thing that was disordered, but now what? And then having a hard time finding role models or being able to understand what is in the nitty gritty and the day-to-day of one's relationship with food, exercise, body, all of those things. So I just began thinking, there are so many people that I do know that have recovered, and I see them living their life, so they're doing something with all of these (laughs) details, and they can't possibly all be doing the same things, right? They're not shopping at the same times, and they're not eating in the same ways. So I just thought, gosh, how cool would it be to put a book together of a bunch of different people that have recovered, and maybe even those that don't have recovery uh, and eating disorders in their past, and just be able to read through something like that and get a general sense of what could be normative in a quote-unquote just like healthy normative way. So we're launching into the conversation today just kind of talking about it, but you've done some interviews already, haven't you? I have. I have. It's in a file. It's just called book. (laughs) (laughs) But then we opened Opal. (laughs) The great idea that got thwarted by Opal. (laughs) (laughs) back at talking about it again. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Which I would also add, I love that, you know, over the course of Opal, there's always been the desire for people in treatment to have specifics like this. So I think it still lives on as a really good idea. I know it does. So maybe the podcast can be a means for people to hear some of that. So we're all going to be talking a little bit about our own relationship to food today and exploring what it means to be sort of a normal eater within our own style of participating with food, participating with grocery shopping, planning, et cetera. And I'm imagining that all four of us have a really different way of doing this. Lexi, do you want to jump us off? Yeah. Start us off? Sure. Just talking about what, how generally, what kind of eater I am? Yeah. Okay. You, and you've said something on the podcast before about how when you were younger, you were pretty picky. So I I'm was. pretty curious about how this has evolved or not. Yeah. Mm. So... I would say that I am intuitive, and my intuition often tells me to eat (laughs) really yummy comfort food. So I'm more of like the french fry hamburger pizza person. I don't really like fruit. I have come to like a lot of vegetables, but mostly I just eat things that are really like pretty calorie dense, I think, just judging by how I look at what other people are eating with me and at Opal, I know 
whoa, they eat a lot of fruit. (laughs) (laughs) Who eats that much fruit? I've often said when I look out there, they've got their whole plate, then they have a side fruit. And it's like, wow, that's losers, losers. And I eat out a lot, you know, because it's just me and my daughter. And so, yeah, I I tend to go out a lot socially, meet up with friends in, in the evening or go out with Ela, not a big chef at home. So that's kind of the sum of it. <laughs> I want to ask the question. Yeah, exactly. Ask away. How do you get food in your house? I go to the grocery store about every two weeks or so. I just stock up for the week for Ela more. And then I usually will think ahead about two or three meals that we would eat that week. But then we'll just go out to eat the other nights. It's kind of the same rotation. The meals is pretty much the same three meals or so that Ela and I do what every week. Well, lately, we've been getting the Beecher's frozen mac and cheese. Oh, and then I make broccoli on the side. And then we'll have like a burger night, which is like a veggie burger night with tater tots. And she likes to have avocado bread. So sometimes she'll just have avocado bread with tater tots. And then the other one will be a pasta dish of some sort. Like I've been making the one from Opal. It's a caprese pasta with the cheese tortellini. I'll often do that. When I do make, I make a lot so that Ela can have some things for her lunches the next day. She likes to eat like a lot of snack food for lunches. And so she doesn't like eat sandwiches, those kinds of things for lunch. So she just will pack like five different snack bags (laughs) for her lunches. And so I try to have something more meal-like for her during the day. But I'm not the mom that has like the cookies in the oven and I'm not making, you know, I often see Hila's friends and they, they have someone's home cooking, making beautiful meals. And I don't have energy or time to do that because of Opal and... I guess, other priorities in my life. So pretty straightforward. Like I said, lots of eating out. I love eating out. Where's your favorite places to go? Oh, gosh. Or how do you make the decision of where you're going to go to eat out? Um, We make the decision. We've come up with a really great way of making the decision between Ela and I when it's just her and I. We say three places we want to go. And then we say one, two, three. And then you say what what it is. And and then so <laughs> wait. So with both of you list three separate. No, lists? we we just come up with a, oh, okay. a host of things. We say we say these are the things I'm thinking about. She these are the things you're thinking about. And then we go one, two, three, and then we say it. Oh yeah, gosh, I want really to try it. And, <laughs> and if it's the same it. thing, then it's obvious what we're going to do. But usually, you know, because everyone nobody really says where they want to go. Everyone yeah. sort of like oh, so accommodating. Okay, yeah. <laughs> So this is a way of getting right at what you really want. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. We kind of go to that. the same restaurants around Finney, you know, Barking Dog. We went last night and they have a great veggie burger and fries. I've I love that. i about that place. Yeah, it's cute. It's like in the little neighborhood, you know. I, this you... is about to be like a food guide of Seattle. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's for all of our Washington <laughs> listeners. And then Everybody late, hate Joe, right? lately, <laughs> Ela and I have been going to Windy City Pizza, which is new on Finney, and it's really yummy. It's Chicago-style pizza, oh. and we're really into it. Okay, the groceries. Yep. Do you always go to the same stores? Most of the time. I have my Trader Joe's run where I I just almost get the exact same things and I don't have to think about it. 
I don't want to think about too much about what, what I might want to have on Thursday because <laughs> I don't know what I want to have on Thursday because it's Sunday. Yes. And so I don't, I'm very driven by what sounds good. It's like a big area of pleasure in my life. And so if it's like, oh, we have this meal at home in the fridge ready to be made and it doesn't sound good, I won't force that we make it. I'll just say, well, let's go to where we where we want to go. Where do you want to go? One, two, three. (laughs) I like that. I relate mm -hmm. to that. It's Mm. such a point of pleasure for me, too, to be able to decide what I'm in the mood for. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like when you're in the grocery store, then you already know the foods that have already been really enjoyable and that work for you and Hila. So that then when you look at a new product or the end of the aisle at the grocery store with some cute display or something that you might be less drawn in? I think that's true. You're more routine in what you're getting. I'm more routine. I get the vanilla almond granola cereal. <laughs> I usually get three boxes of that because we eat a lot of that. We love it. And then I get the vanilla yogurt and I get the cheese tortellini. I get the broccoli and the already chopped up and ready to go. Of course. And why would you not? Yes. <laughs> I get fruit squeezers. I mean, I have the same yeah, so yeah, I have totally, the same things yeah. and so I'm you, not enticed by the end of the aisle yeah. things so much. Okay. That's an yeah. interesting combination of like whimsy mm-hmm. and routine. Like routine and mm-hmm. like well-trodden path at the grocery and then the opposite in your eating out life. That's, That's fun. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I don't do a lot of exploration with foods that are coming in. Mm-hmm. to the house okay yeah i mean we get beecher's cheese every week and we get the <laughs> rosemary crackers beecher's do you want to advertise <laughs> I know, seriously I um <laughs> yeah something will get added once in a while that maybe i had at a friend's house and i was like wow that's really good you got that from trader joe's what <laughs> i'll be getting that now and adding that to the adding that to the cart so good yeah love it I've always wanted to be more of the mom that does have the snacks ready and calls the kids in from playing and say, I have, I have the, I don't know, I made you some guacamole with, you know, I bet I've never been that kind of mom. I'm, I'm a career mom and we kind of laugh about it. I'm like, I'm not that mom, <laughs> you know, just not, yeah. I, I kind of wish I had more of that in me, but no, not so much. <laughs> <sighs> Kara, how would you describe your your style? Well, there's a lot I relate to with what Lexi's saying. It's funny, though, because obviously in my history, I've said in this podcast before that I'm coming from having an eating disorder. So things have shifted a lot in my relationship to food. I am also very pleasure-driven. The interesting thing that I was noticing as I was hearing Lexi is I also have a family full of foodies. A lot of my decisions come from also relating to my spouse, who has a lot of his own particularities (laughs) around how he approaches and orients himself to food. Because I'm pretty flexible, I end up accommodating to him more, and it's okay. Like, actually, it doesn't bother me. Are there particular foods that you're drawn to? I do like comfort foods. I also love salads. So I have both of those two loves. Like if I don't have a salad for a while, I want a salad. But I love foods like burgers and fries and pizza and Thai. And I mean, I like a lot of different types of foods. And I am a big grain person. I love chips and crackers. Like I will have chips and crackers 
pretty much with every, well, if it's not with a meal, it's my snack. I like crunchy. Like if I have a salad, it has to have something crunchy on it. So croutons or crunchy nuts. And I love desserts. And I would all say- All desserts or particular all, kinds? Well, that's not true. Not all desserts. I love cookies. Mm. I'm a big cookie monster. <laughs> and I'm a cookie snob. Um, <laughs> and I will go places for cookies. I used to be like, I mean, I would have a dessert pretty much with all, multiple times a day. That's a normal part of our eating. And my oldest daughter is a big dessert person. So she has desserts probably with every meal. And my family is a big sweet tooth. We're pretty big dessert eaters. But- Crackers and chips are a big part of my big part of your life. Big part of my life. <laughs> How do you make yeah. sure that you always have crackers and chips around, Kat? Oh, if you look in my pantry, there's tons so of you, crackers and chips. There's probably buy... 20, 20 boxes and bags of all varieties. Oh, fun. Yeah. Do you buy like a new kind to try every time you go to the grocery or there's standbys? Are they so wheat thins, wheat thins, Doritos, and Cheez-Its are fan favorites of me and my husband. They're always in there pretty much. What kind of Doritos? Cheese. Nacho <laughs> okay. cheese. Okay, great. Nacho cheese, Cheez-Its, <laughs> and wheat thins are always in there. Wheat thins are probably the staple. I do have like a vision of you eating wheat thins. Oh, That's they're weird. Always in there, and David loves them too. Like we're <laughs> we're I've seen yeah you eat yeah those we're all. big we're big wheat thin fans. Um, <laughs> and then you'd have like pita chips, which eh, for me, eh, but they're good for all the yummy dips, like all types of tortilla chips. Gosh, what else is in our pantry? I mean, it's just it's always tons of that stuff. And then probably six boxes of different types of cereals. I like boxes of grains. <laughs> boxes of grains is the big theme. And crunch. Boxes and bags of grains. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, okay, after I play basketball, I want a bowl of cereal. That's like oh, the best because mm, the milk mm-hmm. in the cereal after playing sports, mm, mm. That, that scratches the itch. And how often do you go to the grocery store? Well, my husband's the main grocery okay. store person. So we do lots of grocery stores. So he does Trader Joe's. For, like, the basics. And then he does, what does he do? Met Market for meats and veggies. And I mean, he, we will literally go to the grocery store, like, every other day because we don't plan in advance. So it's like, what food do you want? <laughs> and then it's going to the gro- So it's not efficient. Mm-hmm. There's no efficiency <laughs> because it's so pleasure-driven that it's either, like, let's go get what we want and or go out. We go out a lot, too, to eat. At restaurants. So we're going out or we're going to literally get the food for that meal. There's no food planning. That wouldn't work for us because especially David's only going to eat what he wants to eat in the given moment. So it, <laughs> and he won't eat leftovers either. But I like I was relating <laughs> with Lexi around the lunch thing because my kids don't eat sandwiches either. And so it really does help to have something from the night before, they'll eat leftovers. And then that's what their kind of more meal thing will be in their lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and Julie, Kara, and I all eat Opal lunches. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. we should mention that. So Because that's what, that's part of the reason I don't go to the grocery store very often because I just You don't need to eat, worry about lunches. Uh, no, yeah, and I don't really have really to worry about breakfast either because I just go into the Opal kitchen. And sometimes I don't have to worry about dinner because <laughs> um, there's leftovers <laughs> and I'm still there. So normal so eating in this crew is, is a really little different. skewed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little skewed. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. It, is, it, would, it would be hard to pack. Yeah. I mean, I think the packing of a good lunch would be, yeah, it's very different for us now Wouldn't given that happen. we have. <laughs> yeah. 
I remember before, I mean, I packed the most boring lunch. I remember I was, your lunch. Oh, yeah. Everyone remembers my lunch. Because it was so boring. It's so boring and so routine just because I'm not a big put effort into it type person. <laughs> I'm laughing because I think of you as putting a lot of effort into lot of most everything. Yes. So for you to say I that know. you're not a big put effort into it no, person. I'm not. <laughs> Like and yet I love good food, so it's this funny combination. I just, yeah, I won't work for it, but I <laughs> like it. <laughs> I like to take it. <laughs> yeah. Julie, how would you describe your style? <laughs> I've had a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> because I am aware of my kids and household and making sure that there's three kids that are need to be fed, I feel like that is of utmost priority when I think about what food and where am I getting food and how am I going to feed myself? But it's way more focused on how am I getting them food. So let's see. We are way more of a stock up kind of family. So my husband started to go to Costco actually maybe a year and a half ago, and it's been awesome. Oh, my gosh. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, But I've always been that. Like the stock up, get, oh, yes, two for whatever. Yes, please. This is a side note, but I was a checker at a grocery store. That was my first job. And I remember when the budget gourmet frozen meals would go on sale, I would come home with like this big stack and then our freezer would be all filled up. <laughs> I know. I was my wondering parents were like, because I was like 16. Like. <laughs> yeah. My parents were like, what are you doing? So I love stocking up. And then I can envision what could be made or how that would be made into a meal. And it's a lot of quick things. It's like chicken strips, dino nuggets, pot stickers. Frozen meatballs, <laughs> you know, all those things that then I'm like, oh, okay, great. You can make the the meatball subs for my husband, or I can make a little pasta and have that with the side of the meatballs for the kids. I would say a lot of the home environment around food is related to that. I've always prided myself in the fact that I can also look at what many people would call an empty pantry or just sort of a, oh, there's nothing here to eat and make something out of it and have it look good and taste good. I've always prided myself in that. <laughs> so if I have space, I actually really like to prepare food and cook and do that, plan ahead and think through that. But it's very sporadic. <laughs> so at this point, it's not any routine. There's absolutely no routine. But I'm aware, you know, oh, yeah, we're running low on milk. I should stop and grab milk. Or I'm aware of those things. But there's absolutely no routine. We're more of a Safeway Costco. That's our two stores. But then drop by at a place on the way somewhere to grab something. I don't know. I think that the actual experience of eating, I often don't want that to be the central part of it. I want all the other things to be the central part. It's like more of the means to have time together or just be nourished and like get on to the next thing a little bit. I really do enjoy a good meal or being out to eat or having be fed something really yummy or being excited that I made something that tasted really good, but it's not a motivator at all. I think it's interesting when you said the stocking because we've obviously been in each other's kitchens. Yeah. And you have so much more food in your kitchen mm -hmm. than Lexi and I do. Yes. Yep. <laughs> So the keeping it well-stocked versus the going out and getting what you need mm -mm. is very I don't very have the time between... to do that. I have to, I'm supposed to be somewhere five minutes ago right. <laughs> all the time. That's so interesting because, like, time has been something that all three of you have talked about. Mm -hmm. But 
you're dealing with it by stocking up and they're dealing with it by I don't know not how thinking they do about it. it. Yeah. Well, we I don't think about it. Yeah. But out. then you actually yeah. have the time because you have a child. You don't have somebody that's going to have a tantrum in the back. That's how I feel. Yeah, it's like right. you don't have somebody that's going to have a tantrum in the back because you, you have, have to like children. lug in and try to get. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel like I. Yeah. Maybe I will get there. I think I can get there eventually. <laughs> maybe. But, but you might. Like, I, I mean, I think it's. It, yeah. The stocking works yeah. for you, though. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband likes to cook. So and he has grown into doing that more. And so I enjoy that too. It's grilling, grilling out, which is what we call it in the Midwest. It's not barbecuing. Grilling out. Grilling out. Um, <laughs> and I love it. It's less dishes and it's nice fresh food and tastes yummy and you can see. Yeah. So one of my other, I guess, uh, enjoyments with food is seeing the things that are on the aisle, end of the aisle, and the new things. And so I would say that when I'm in getting the things that I need to get, I will end up grabbing novel things like, oh, that looks fun, or that's a new version of that, or whatever to try, things like that. The other awareness that I have in my style of eating is that I am really committed to having the regular eating with my kids and having the food presented to them to make sure that they know that they have food accessible and that Ellen's had her model. And so that's like more the high priority, I guess, to me is that there will be food and it's, (laughs) it may not go together. It may not be that great or luxurious, but it's food. And if they're hungry and they need food, they will eat it. And I have, I have to rest into that. In the day-to-day, it's okay. For those listeners that are curious about what Julie's talking about with the Saturn model, we do have a couple episodes where we talk about what she's referring to in her own life, kind of structuring food, feeding kids. And those episodes are called How to Eat in a Food-Obsessed World and Can I Trust My Body with Food? So if you're interested in more of what she's talking about with that structure, find those. Yeah, so do you all sit down and eat with your families at night? I have dinner with my boyfriend every single night. The other meals of the day, definitely not. I would say we probably do half. Right now we're in a time of intensity of spring sports, so it's a little harder because we have a game or multiple games probably five nights a week. So I, it's, it's weird, right? It's hard to find that time. But in our other seasons, I would say that we, we do probably four nights a week or so. And a weekend meal is more of like a brunch or something. Like we'll sit together on a weekend, maybe even multiple times a day sometimes if we're together at home. But we'll have a breakfast time meal together versus a dinner time meal. Yeah, we try to too. Yeah. I, I don't know how many nights a week, but any night that we're home, that there isn't some sport thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Ela and I always have dinner together, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That routine is so great. That's more of Ellen Satter's research that just shows that there's so much that just family meals, regardless of what's on the table, it's just the coming together and that centered Mm -hmm. connection is such value. Should I talk about my style? Yeah. Yes. Carter. What about you? (laughs) My style is actually shifting a lot. It's been shifting a lot in the last, like almost every year over the last six seven years, it's been really different because I've worked in the restaurant industry. I've worked at Opal where all of my meals were happening at Opal as a milieu therapist. Then I was working at Opal as a lead therapist, which meant that I was like packing lunches again. And I hadn't done that since high school. (laughs) In college, I I would Mm -hmm. just come home after class and make something and 
So it's been totally different. And it is all very different in every single season I'm trying to readjust. I think I've picked up different things from each period of my life that I am working with. So it's almost weird to think about like what my style is, but I have learned that I really like to have some meals where I'm thinking a lot about it and find that so fun. My boyfriend and I cook a ton together and really like to cook mostly complicated things. Okay. <laughs> like homemade pasta is sort of semi-regular activity. Um, activity. Yes, activity. That's what you would yeah. call it, yes. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> I think maybe some people would sit down at the, at the end of the night and, you know, do something together. Or mm-hmm. We make pasta or like mm-hmm. make something complicated and eat at 9.30 most nights. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, I don't really want to think about it. I talk about, like, working in the restaurant industry, I was talking about food all the time, working in eating disorders, talk about food all the time. And so being so passionate about food myself, it actually has gotten exhausting at times. And I'm like, I don't actually care. Like, sometimes normal eating is grabbing an overripe banana and, like, putting some peanut butter on it and running out the door. And sometimes it's eating dry rice with soy sauce on it. It's just simple, boring stuff. Like I feel relieved now when I get to eat just boring stuff and not think about it too much because then there are other times where I'm thinking about it a lot and and really wanting to make something into creative activity for me. But my style of eating, I think, is really, I don't know. It's I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian since I was, I don't know, it's probably been 10 years now. So that's certainly shaped the way that I eat. I think that also came a bit naturally to me because I wasn't really drawn to meat. I was really picky about meat as I was a kid. And so becoming a vegetarian, I think that there's a bit more thoughtfulness I have to have around that to make sure that I'm getting a variety of foods, especially as someone that wants to eat out a lot. There are some restaurants that I can find tons of things I want to eat and then other places where nothing looks good to me. And I find myself really drawn to lots of different textures and lots of different colors and salads that have like 13 different ingredients in there and grains and cheeses. And speaking of cheese, I like most <laughs> meals are cheese. Yeah. <laughs> most meals are cheese based. Waiting for that word. To I know. Thank you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like cheese. Yeah. And that'll be my big novelty. Like if I go to the grocery store, that will be where I'm really flexing the creative muscle and trying a new cheese. Mm. I have my standbys, but mm. I always want to try a new cheese. Do you sample them at the grocery store? Or do you buy? Oh, if something? I can, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because oh, we didn't yeah. bring in budget, but I was thinking like one of the things that's hard with, I think, with trying something new is I the don't budget. like spending money if I'm not going to eat Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. And that's probably where I spend my money is the mm-hmm. cheese. <laughs> cheese. Ah! Cheese. 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 <laughs> um. But yeah, so some of the foods that I love the most are really rich. And then with that sort of passion and that richness, there always needs to be that counterbalance for me, whether I'm like either actually eating rich foods or just talking about food a lot. It's so nice to just have something that's simple or really just fresh and vegetable-based. And I like spicy stuff and roasting a lot of vegetables. And I felt kind of self-conscious in working with eating disorders because I think a lot of my natural tendencies and natural preferences aren't always towards the comfort foods. Mm. I don't really like dessert that much. And so for me, that was actually a Mm self-conscious thing where I didn't want people to think that I was dieting or something like that or had some preference that was disingenuine. Mm -hmm. I really love 
I really love vegetables. I know as an eater, I took the Ellen Satter test. Mm. What is the um, test? The test is something Julie Yeah, has. It's, it's her eating competency inventory. Yeah. You can find it on her website at the Ellen Satter Institute if you look up Ellen Satter eating competency inventory. Mm-hmm. I took that inventory and it, it, I can't remember exactly the phrasing, but I was lower in eating for like focusing on nutrition. And I've, so I've been working on that over the years and trying to think like, this is might be good for my body versus <laughs> <laughs> you should eat this because it might be something your body and nutrition, nutrition that your body might enjoy or, mm-hmm. you know, Use so, well, yeah. yeah. So I've been doing more of that over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to build in the structure within it. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Just trying to like, oh, I'll put lettuce on that burger mm-hmm. to add that in versus not having any lettuce. Like those mm-hmm. kinds of things I'm doing more and more of as I've mm-hmm. gotten wise to it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take away your pleasure. Like since that's going to be your main drive, you're like, oh, well, I could put a little bit of this on here and maybe that little bit yeah, of it doesn't iron or vitamin A would be good. Right. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that I noticed in the, our conversation about not planning, first of all, I feel really shocked that all of us aren't major planners mm. with the food. I think I feel insecure about that all the time. So it's interesting to hear that no one at this table is making shopping lists and mm-hmm. and weekly meal plans. And that's very normalizing to me. It sounds like I'm, I'm prob- like, thank I'm probably God the closest. I don't. Yeah, you're the closest. <laughs> I mean, I have my three. Yeah, so you yeah. are kind I have of. my three that are there available if we want them. Right. Sort of. That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. And that's I will like periodically really inventory what we've got in the mm-hmm. deep freeze and in the refrigerator, in the, and be like, "Oh wow, we can make this meal, this meal, this meal, this meal." And I'll put it on a sticky note and put wow. it on the cupboard. Oh, that's smart. That's very, that's good. So that's <laughs> is. I'm not saying we're going to do it Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, or whatever. But yeah, I, at least you also we know. plan for trips. You'll oh, be, yeah, and I you love plan that. for other people. <laughs> like plan food. She plans for meals for trips. Yeah. So, oh. and we show up on vacation. We have nothing planned and no food, and we're like, we're gonna buy it there. <laughs> so I've noticed. I mean, that's oh, yeah. a big difference with different way people do it. With mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, David will plan the restaurants we'll go to on vacation. <laughs> but yeah, we're not like thinking through yeah. groceries ever. Yeah, I've taken some trips with friends. Like a, a small group of us have gone multiple times now. I think probably maybe. Six different trips together, and there's always someone leading the brigade on planning every single meal out. And every single time, I think that I'm going to be the one that finally initiates that on behalf of the group, and you know, really <laughs> step up. And it never is me because I just am like, first of all, I'm not going to the grocery store a week in advance. I'm going on my way out of town, mm-hmm. if at all. So I can't tell you what I want to eat yet. I don't have anything in my fridge, so I'm not basing anything off of what is left nothing's left most of the time. <laughs> um, and so it, it's interesting, though, but it also has been really revealing to me around how people shop differently or think totally. about planning differently and been inspiring, too, mm-hmm. because I think that I would have a lot less food waste, which is a goal of mine, and spend a lot less money on food if I was planning better. Mm-hmm. And there have been times in my life where that would have been very helpful in mm-hmm. my budgeting, but it's something that has been really hard for me. Yeah. It's really interesting to come together with different people and try to figure out your styles and notice what how they're different. Yeah. Well, and even I was thinking with that, the money side, like David and I are big savers. We're not big spenders. But when it comes to food, it's kind of no limit. Like, I mean, there's not no limits, but that is the biggest part of our credit card bill. 
-hmm. is food. And we just don't, like, that isn't a place that we, like, restrain ourselves. (laughs) But we do, I mean, we're such savers. So it's an interesting dichotomy between how we approach spending and money. But then with food, it's, I think it's because it's probably one of our biggest, again, one of our biggest pleasures. So we Mm -hmm. just let it be. I don't know. I think that that, I relate to that too. And with an eating disorder history as well, I think that there's something that's really helpful in me for me to not feel restriction around it at all, right? Restriction around food. And so financially, that's a place where I'm now trying to come back to center a little bit and mm-hmm. go, okay, you, I, for me, I don't feel like I can actually just go off my whim every single time and not plan meals for the rest of my life and, and just be pleasure driven. Mm-hmm. I think I want more structure and a bit more planning. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to bring those reins back from like whatever you want, mm-hmm. uh, do whatever, don't think about it, go to the store, whatever. So I wonder if it, the planning might be easier for someone that hasn't struggled with an eating yeah, disorder. In regards to making a choice around which food to pick, if it's on a menu or the yogurt aisle at the grocery store, for instance, that has 800 yogurts now, <laughs> how to approach that? And I guess you know. For some people, it's going to be maybe heavy in terms of finances, in terms of which one they're going to pick, which one's on sale. Others might be familiarity in terms of which ones they've always had. Another could be the branding and the packaging. Uh, Some of it could be flavor, right? Maybe it could be like size, like the big tub versus the individual tub. So I just think about when we think about which one we're choosing all those things are in that moment of choosing the yogurt. And I think all of them could be in play for each person. And some people are going to be doing it all by habit and familiarity. And others might look at all 80 yogurts every time they go and choose which one they want that day. One of the main takeaways and even thinking about what's normal is trying to reflect on why you're choosing different things and how those choices came about. And I think that attuned eating can be the groundwork for a million different combinations of choices that would make someone's particular style of eating in a way that would be balanced and pleasure-driven at times and budget-driven at times and all the different things that someone needs to take into account in their life. It's going to create a really different style of eating. And so to think about the diet industry telling you one way to do it and how you should grocery shop and how you should meal plan and what should be in each meal and what times a day. I mean, that feels like it's so limiting. Mm-hmm. Like all all three of you basically have the same job and you have really different styles. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even within this room right. with a lot of overlap, there's a really different way of approaching so how to eat mm-hmm. and maybe why you're choosing different things with different factors and different people in your household and different time limitations, et cetera. I hope for listeners to just be able to have an openness to discovering the kind of eater that we are. I think it's really without judgment is the the part that is maybe not socialized. Like we're socialized to have a judgment or critique or compare it to some sort of diet or some sort of trend, I guess you'd say. And I think that that's the hope is just that we can go with the foundation, like you're saying, of the attunement and then see where we go and allow it to be changeable and flexible and personalized, be our own thing. 
Thank you so much for listening. We would love to know what your style meeting is too. So if you want to, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, leave a comment on one of those platforms, whatever you like, and let us know how do you define your style of eating and what goes into it. Thank you so much to Jack Strug Cultural Center for sound engineering, to Aaron Davidson for the Appetites original music, and to Hans Anderson for editing. If you want to learn more about Opal, visit us online at opalfoodandbody.com to get a sense of our resources and some of our programming. Talk to you next time. Bye.